I like them both. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do like the Batwing more, though. Yeah, I think the Batwing's a little more badass. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Come on. Can we stop? Like, hold on. All right. Let's, how about we do our show? Let's do the show. And then we'll talk about this in the show. All right. Great. Gear Buds Podcast <laughs> episode. I've got a look. Ba ba da ba. One hundred and fifty-four. That's a that's a cool number. Is it fifty-four? One hundred and fifty-four. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which comes after one hundred and fifty-three and before one hundred and fifty-five. Fifty-five. That's a big one. I feel like one seventy-five will be cool. Two hundred. We have to party. Oh, dude. We're gonna get lit. Yeah. We're gonna drink like vodka. Or <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get angry vodka. I'll, drunk I'll take an show. Uber over. <laughs> Not driving home that day. We oh, should do folks. it like from a bar. We should go to Tumans we and do it. You. Oh my god, they would just let, have people they, planking I, in the background. Dude, we could and stuff? absolutely do a, a show live from Tumans. That'd be sometime. pretty funny, actually. I'm also, you know what? We could also. I've got I've got hookups with my friend who owns a Hungry Brain. Oh yeah, that's who right. Offered us a thing to do that yes. there sometime. So whatever we're getting about. Yeah, 50, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Ahead of ourselves here. Let's do this one. Episode 154, Gearbuds Podcast. My name is Henry. That's Dave. Hello. And this is our show that we like to do. So let's do it. Symphony of Correction. Let's go. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes, and I'm about to shush my cat out of the way because she's <laughs> begging for dinner, but it's way too early. If you're listening to me talk about my cat right now, thank you so much for dealing with all of the garbage that we. Now sling she's your looking way. at me. Now she wants me to. I shoved her off on yeah, you. That's, I know. that's what a co-host does. She's not going to go friend. down without a fight, man. I'm Absolutely not. You. She knows what's up. She can smell the hamsters on you. Follow <laughs> us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff. Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out if you reach out. Hey, Parker. Uh, my good buddy Parker Jessup reached out because he uh, wanted us to know that there was actually a technical issue with one of our previous episodes. Doesn't surprise me. But then I went and checked and it, I couldn't replicate the issue. So while I appreciate the QA, my good friend. Oh, Parker, like an audio issue? He said that on Apple Podcasts because he, he always listens on mm-hmm. Monday right after it comes out because he wow. knows what's up. Thanks for listening. And he said that it was only like two minutes long. But then by the time I saw that message weird. and went and looked, it was the full shebang. That's so weird. Maybe he was just refreshing so freaking hard that it was like <laughs> he only got the first packet of information. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't it. completely uploaded yet and he no. was just too excited. Parker, I'm just gonna start I'm just gonna start copying you on the upload list. I, we so. appreciate stuff like that. We I mean, let us it. know. We love it yeah. so much. So uh thanks. Thanks for listening, and anyone, especially you, Parker. And uh, we're recording this on April Fools. And Dave, before we get any further, can I tell you how fucking dumb I think April Fools is in general? Yeah, I'm. I she's now she's gonna try to mess with your water bottle, but it's heavy. She can't yeah, knock it over. It's so dumb. Except I saw one good thing today, and that was Chicago Music Exchange making that post yes. about our good buddy Nathaniel and former guest. I had fun watching that because his his accent doesn't make any sense and we talked about that in depth on that episode folks so yep. if you want to go back and listen in fact now that i'm thinking about it that episode was very special for a couple of reasons one because nathaniel was here and yes. played all my guitars and two because that was the first episode of gearbuds podcast that yeah. was officially when we changed right. the name mm-hmm. absolutely i can't believe i even remembered that so um the, but either way go watch that yeah Sammy post yeah i was cracking up watching him do and i couldn't tell if he was doing the american accent or somebody was overdubbing oh, that it. was him that was him for he's like sure. dude check out this three five five his nathaniel's complete understanding of the american uh, accent is the word dude and yeah it's so good so good so go check that out 
uh, that was definitely a GFI. We have to do it, and I and I don't want to right, do this right now because <clears throat> last week something terrible fucking happened. Oh shit! And it was really strange and horrible timing, especially for not not to make it about us, but we talked about him that yeah. morning on our show because we were loving on his new record so yep. much, and then that evening, unfortunately, Taylor Hawkins passed away. Yeah, man, I that one hit me hard. It's like it, maybe it was just caught up in like the new record release, and we were talking about that metal record, and we just mm-hmm. saw the movie together, and exactly, you know. And we're not like the biggest Foo Fighters fans, mm-hmm. I don't think, but I think we've always had a respect for Dave Grohl and, and anybody who's around him and any band member he would yeah. have. Especially and, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, dude. dude and, I mean, do just, we, and we sang his praises while also uh, reviewing uh, Alanis' uh, Jagged yes, documentary. Yeah, so I mean, in... I, did you read that Rolling Stone article? It was. It was I couldn't tough, bring dude. myself to do it. Honestly, I read a couple things. Like I saw Paul McCartney's statement, which mm-hmm. I have you seen that? I yeah. actually have that in front. Yeah, of me. it was cool. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. But we and we don't need to linger on it too no. much. I feel like everyone's been kind of bummed out about that. Yeah, you're right, man. That one hit hard. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Rock in peace, bro. Moment of silence for our bud. So, sure. uh, yeah, the world sucks a little bit more without yeah. him. All right, uh, this didn't suck. I thought this was cool. Did you see uh, that Billie Eilish won a bunch of Oscar awards? No, I didn't. Yeah, the old the Oscars, the old Grammys, or no, not the Grammys, the Oscars. But they do a music. Yeah, they do a music. Uh, they do a music section. stuff, and for she what? is the youngest artist to win three awards for the same song. That's cool. So it was in a, one of her songs was in a flim. one of her songs was in a flim, and I literally have no idea what okay. it was, but um, that happened. She was also the first Oscar winner to be born in the two thousands. Oh, wow. uh, she cool. beat out Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, if incidentally, if he had gotten the Oscar, would have completed his EGOT, which is Emmy, Grammy, yeah, that's Oscar, right. Tony. Oh. So that's a big one. But uh, go Billy. Yeah, she's Love great, her man. around here. Uh, that's a thing. You know what? Um, here's a thing that we need to talk about really fast. The 1951 Paola Telly. Is it time to bring that up? I think up? it's time to bring it up because I'm not sure if that's BFI or GFI, <laughs> but it's something that you and I have been digging into this week. Yeah. And we're not the only people who've seen it. There's no, much. it exists. Okay. So yeah. here's a deal, folks. In 1951, the story goes that they made something called a pale, and it's not a telly. I shouldn't say that. It was an Esquire. It was yeah. Before they even called a it no a telecaster, right? Well, no, it was an Esquire. Okay. But what ha- what they, instead of it just being a standard Esquire, it had three control plates and three outputs yep it looks ridiculous it looks ridiculous just as ridiculous as you'd think but it was designed so that in for the guitarists of the time who were paid per guitar track that they lie lay down they could record from they could plug their guitar into three separate amps at once record three guitar tracks at once and get paid triple the amount right and that was the Paola tell you because Paola pay to play the whole Paola yep. radio schemes diesels from back in the day. Yeah, I, it looks very uncomfortable to play. You can't. Where, Where does your you, arm go? You have to like wrap your arm over the top control plate. It's um, like ha- imagine having a righty and a lefty control plate on yeah. the top of the telly and one perpendicular, right? Yeah, perpendicular front at, at the bottom. Right. It's so it's so strange. But the also the story is is that. The boss's Esquire was originally a Paola guitar oh. that they filled in with wood and repaired at some point. That's interesting. There's I mean, a whole, there's a bunch of stuff that. out there about it. Yeah, it was weird. I I guess, and I texted you. I was like, I can't wrap my head around. I guess it makes more sense now with you saying it. But they, I felt like they kind of gloss over the idea of like, what is this getting paid three times as much for like the, the exact same 
track. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you would think, all right, you get paid for per track. They, but, they, yeah, they would. Uh, dude, I, but it's, it's, it it's just insane. didn't make sense to me because I was like, well, but it's the same part, like identically. Mm-hmm. It's not even like, oh, a rhythm part is one track. A solo part's a second track. They could have, if they put three different mics on yeah. it, they're apparently paid at the time based on yeah. that, how many tracks they laid down. That's so interesting. And it obviously didn't last very long. Yeah, they figured that one out pretty quick. It, yeah. And it was in 1951, and that was the, the old slick, beginning of the Tully. slick musician tactic right there. Yeah. So uh, if you if there's one on Reverb, right look now, up the folks. picture of it. Unless it's, it's crazy. gone already. Yeah. But it was. I, I think it was. They were asking like maybe 80 grand or something. Like yeah. 70, 80 grand. Yeah. Which is too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch the Trogly video, I liked about that. It, I enjoyed it. He, I think he values it somewhere in the 40 grand range mm-hmm. himself. And he, he himself, if you look at his reverb page boy oh boy has he got a lot of i mean stuff there too at the end of the day to me it's just a routed telecaster you know i mean that's so yeah. you're just it's not um, it shouldn't maybe, be any more than any like original telecaster i think i agree and also unless it's the same thing like a, with a signature like and that by that i mean an actual handwritten signature mm-hmm. it's only going to be that uh, high value to someone if they have a specific a personal connection to it yeah and they want payola shit and right. they're like oh cool or like the there there are probably some people out there who want one-off weird like they they need to have every kind of weird telly or yeah esquire that's yeah totally existed. so but for them it would be worth but for just like the average schmuck listening to this show nah. for me i would definitely like to um play it through three amps at once that would be fun and that's the other funny thing about it too is like that's such a stupid way of going about it right. when you could just split it after the output right there but yeah or just you know, three different like i, I don't they, know maybe they had maybe they didn't out have buffers and technology back then the technology quite literally didn't exist it yet did. you know what itself. dave we mentioned uh trugley's reverb shop but i believe you wanted to give a shout out to uh, another reverb i got shop. a shout out to wellstrung guitars yeah man. um and not you know, not just the reverb shop their instagram their facebook check them out um at their website it, it, they might have I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. Maybe the craziest collection of original vintage guitars that you've ever seen. As far as and I mean no, you know, Bombs no dig to Groons or CME or any of this stuff, yeah. but I'm telling you man, like every single thing they have is original, custom colors. Oh man. Not fucked with. I I I joked with you. I was like, I don't know if these guys have a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> like truly got a time machine and went to the 60s and grabbed all these guitars and came back like and, and you know we talk about the value of the market right now and where things are at so either this guy's just a billionaire buying these guitars i mean there's no way you're getting a you know a, a burgundy mist matching headstock jazz master dude the burgundy mist uh, the burgundy collection the collection is that wait is that the right color for gibson i was thinking of there's fender a- burgundy mist and then Gibson has the burgundy mist, Gibson which is more a, red. Yeah, it's a darker, darker thing. red. But yeah, so they posted a picture just the other day, and I was like, it was like what twelve Gibsons all. Custom they couldn't color. fit them in the freaking they could, frame. They had to two two on the second picture. It, it was crazy. Yeah, uh, go look them up. Well, it is. It is truly just. It's yeah, a for holy the vintage shit lover, collection. It is a holy shit collection. And I mean, I'm sure they're asking exorbitant amount of money. Well, That's none, of, none of the prices are listed, right? Yeah. So I mean, and I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, they they might have the coolest collection. I want to go there just to like play a few where is it upstate new york upstate new york yeah, that's right so if there's any reason whatsoever to go to upstate new york apologies to all we'll, we'll shout them listeners. out here and i mean if they you know if they want to come Dude, on the I show and so drop bad. a few secrets of how they find these things yeah. I, I i don't know like i really truly let's don't just know. go spend a day there yeah we might need a couple actually if they let us get our grubby mints all over everything yeah, too oh my gosh. <laughs> so Dude, yeah shout out well strung shout out crazy strong guitars super crazy uh you know what? I, I one last thing I noticed uh, that I wanted to mention, and this is like a very 
specific to me and and old boys who have been in, in everyone buying thing gear on the internet for a long time. Zounds now sells Mesa Boogie, oh. and to see Mesa show up on any internet retailers that aren't, I guess, Musician's Friend, uh, as it used to be, is mm-hmm. still so wild to me. Yes, I used to work for Zounds back in the day, right. but just be- it's and it's obviously because Mesa was acquired by Gibson, so yeah. because Gibson is distributed everywhere that Mesa decided to too. But it's still just so crazy to me to see, and then like also look to look through the product line and not recognize most of it like i realize i'm yeah. super out of touch they've with expanded a lot of, their line like and crazy. changed yeah, yeah they sell dude they sell a bunch of rack amps again oh really yeah they used to be like they colloquially colloquially known as the rectifier they made a rack mount version of the rectifier the dual tri- yeah. triple rectifiers back in the course, day right. and they're freaking badass and people call them rectifiers mm-hmm. well now they make I mean, they didn't, and they stopped doing that for a long time because people got away from the racks. Well, now racks and stacks and racks are backs with the Kempers and the Axe effects, yeah, really, and is, all man. that stuff. Uh, now they sell three different amps, including one that's only like thirty watts. Like I don't know why you'd want a thirty watt rack mount guitar amp necessarily, but uh, yeah, just to get that drive. Yeah, they're they're again, they're not to not to belabor it too far, but it's just no, there's uh, a lot of stuff they, from Mesa. That I don't when know. did they get acquired by Gibson? That was not too long ago, right? That's, that's been years yeah because we talked about it oh we def talked about but that has everything to do with this expansion i'm sure like oh we've got crazy money behind us now let's just fucking. they're distributing now through wherever gibson distributes and but i will say i will forever and ever love mesa cabinets and so folks at my friends at zones just so you know if i'm ever buying a cabinet again i'm gonna do it through (laughs) you i'm gonna buy some freaking mesa cabs because man i love those things so much i mean i have too many cabs but i I, my one of my keepers is sitting behind you it's the one by 12 uh mesa mini recto cab because that thing sounds awesome and it just looks so darling yeah i mean i just i hope the quality stays the same as it always used to be Mm -hmm. you know i mean those those 80s mesas are just like insanely cool dude you know the little subway amps and the Ooh. the bass buster and like all that, these crazy. Give me that Mark II C plus yeah. all day and all night. Good luck finding one, buddy. And when I do, they're five figures. <laughs> At least they're not double prices yet. Yeah, not yet. You know it's gonna be double prices after you're done talking about it. What? Dave's Ducks. You're gonna like this one. Get your notes out. What do you got? for You're gonna like this one today. Why do you say that? Because I just you're teasing me. I don't want to erase my notes by accident. Um, <laughs> I realize that there's not. Okay, I think one of my favorite '70s records of all time, mm. one of the best sounding records in my collection, is Boston's first record. Oh, I love where this is going. And I, I realized, and I was because I was listening to the record the other day, and I was like, I wonder if there's a fucking documentary about Boston. Mm. There's not. No, but there is a behind the music. There's behind the music. Yes. There's well, there's a no. I'm sorry. There's a rock and roll true stories. Oh. Which if you, and, and I've done rock and roll true stories rock and roll before. True stories. If anybody, you know, if, to just to refresh anyone, they're short. They're like 12 minute long yeah. cliffs notes of the band. The guy talks so fast <laughs> that I have to pause it to like write things down. But Micro I, Machines guy but is you, doing you the But you get narration. a good idea of like the story and kind of like what happened. Um, so they released that first record in 1976. They, meaning Tom Scholz, yes. was the, the genius behind it. Mastermind. Um, he was actually an MIT graduate with an mm-hmm. electronics background. He worked at Polaroid. So he was very like into tinkering. He was mm-hmm. building his own effects and just like- The rock man, baby. Yeah, dude. And he, and he basically essentially hired a drummer, and I forget the drummer's name, I apologize, but Brad Delk for the vocals. Oh, so yeah. I wouldn't only, come up with that. It's the only thing that he didn't do was vocals and, and drums. And then um, I think he did some background vocals on probably. Stuff. Yeah, that that would make sense. But 
the guy's a freaking genius. He puts all this together, right? He builds a studio in his freaking house. And all this. And well, actually, so these this uh, collection on that first record are technically demos that he made himself at different studios and oh, his basement. Okay. So they're made from all over the I place. I didn't know that. So he's shopping these around. He's, he's sending them out to everybody. He's like, check out my demo. Sign me. You know, It's just self-titled, right? Just Boston. It, well, he didn't even have a name yet oh, at okay. that point. Um, he, and which could have been part of the reason they didn't get signed, you know, they're like, you're not even a real band. Yeah, what are, it's like what some guy this? with these songs. It's weird. So he sent them all <laughs> over the place. The last people who, uh, the last one he sent out, according to the, the legend is that it was the last one he was ready to give up and Epic records signed. Him. Oh, Epic. But they come over and they go, all right, tell you what though, man, we're going to have to re-record. Well, first they want to see the band play live. They're like this. These, these, there's demos, no band folks. These demos are too good. We have to see like literally we want to see every song performed mm. live. So he had to put together a band just for that live performance. I guess they they knocked it out of the park because they got signed. Then they go, all right, now you're going to have to re-record all these demos so they're, you know, consistent at like an L.A. studio. And he's like, fuck that. Nah, brah. I'm taking it down to my basement. I'm, re- I'm just going to keep tinkering with mixes and mastering and adding things and going crazy. And you're not going to have any of the rights to like he was all about his like rights to his music mm. and shit. And he didn't want to give them any production credit or any money towards that. And for whatever reason, the guy was like, all right, I'll okay. go ahead. So I don't know how that worked because nowadays they'd be like, fuck you, yeah. just take a hike. And uh, so he does. And then that is that's what becomes this. So, so they were, did re-record them. Not all, re-recorded. All on his ba- so the, but, okay, so the first Boston record is, 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 is that a collection bunch, It's of, a collection of demos. Wow. Like uh, this song, Foreplay. Um, I only, it's been I don't such remember. a long round. Well, that's what that's called? Well, that's the intro is Foreplay and then oh, it goes into the other song. Got, it's oh, it's oh, like gotcha, one song. Yeah. Uh, that, was rec- that was recorded in 1969. What? Yeah. And that was, what year did it come out? 76. Dude, that's gnarly. Uh, it sold. That was from 1969? <laughs> yeah. Damn, dude. That yeah, was must have been one of the first, first songs he, because uh, it has that whole intro. To ding, 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 yeah, ding, oh, ding, I with love the bass. that song. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Weird, the and best the, pick slide ever. Yeah, heavy organ. Yeah. So cool. It sold 17 million copies. Was that, did that predate Deep Purple? I don't know. When was Deep Purple? I thought fun? they were like early 70s. Dude, you got to do a perp. Have you done a perp doc? I did. You did. Well, I did the yeah, guitar. You did. Uh, Richie, you did Richie Blackmore. Blackmore yeah, that's right. So I did, we could get more into the perp. Oh, and it got, and it got real weird with his in his like pastoral uh, folk band with his wife. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. I mean, honestly, I wanted to talk more about this record just because that was it blew me away. Yeah. Um, more than a feeling, baby. More than a feeling rules, dude. Yes. It's such a good song, man. And well, well, can we before we get any further, yeah. I have to tell you that in high school, I had this thing with my friends where once we were of driving age, like to and from high school, we said that at any time you could turn on FM radio yeah. and scroll through and within 30 minutes, 30 seconds to a minute, you're going to find a Boston song. Yeah. And they're almost all from this record you're every, talking about. Every song's a banger. On that yes. Record. And I'll tell you this, there aren't really Boston documentaries, like I said, So mm. I, but there's a lot of interviews with him and there's a lot of like, but there's a 45 minute doc, I didn't watch it, just about that song. Just, just about more than a feeling. Yes, it's By called least. more than a feeling. Really, and it's you know one of those YouTube like fans yeah. made it or something, Damn. but it's compiled with interviews uh-huh. and music, and you know they're talking about how like that song was louder than any song on the radio, like the way it was mixed. Oh, and just loudness cool. wars in the seventies. Loudness. I mean, imagine that. Dang. They they opened for Foghat, Sabbath, and Blue Oyster Cult. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. They basically so then they started working on a second record. He thought it was rushed. He was like a super perfectionist, and he he was like, "Fuck this!" Oh, and they toured, and he's like, "Touring is not for me. This is not fun." Yeah. Like touring for two straight years and just you know, partying and doing whatever. Um, they released up to like 
it was like five or six records, like all the way up into like the 2000s. Dude, I don't know that I've ever heard anything that wasn't on that first album. Me too. I think I might have heard something off the second. Because they have a greatest hits too. That well, just kind of looks like the cover mm-hmm. of the, that first record. They stay consistent with the artwork, which mm-hmm. by the way, I didn't know this until I think I sent it to you and Stingray, but it's actually a guitar spaceship on yeah. the cover of that, which I, did, I don't notice. I, I always thought of it as like a UFO. Like not, not originally. Like it was like years later. Yeah. I eventually figured it out. Yeah. I just, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it, but take, that, like the perspective of it, and it, like, it looks you can't like a really UFO. See it. it looks like UFO. And yeah. it's actually a four string, so technically a bass. It's a bass, baby. Um, so, yeah. And then there was kind of like some off and on with musicians. Brad Delk, he left and then he came back. Um, yeah. Oh, this is pretty good. So this guy kind of went Sue crazy a little bit. He, uh, <laughs> we're talking about Tom here. Yeah, we're talking about my buddy Tommy Scholes. He uh, he sued the label for not promoting the fourth record. Um, basically, yeah, basically they just like it tanked, and he mm-hmm. was like, "You guys didn't didn't fucking like work hard enough." Then uh, they got into like another record label, and then like because um, CBS owned um, Epic, okay. so so basically, if you have to deal with like any you know suing situations, you're getting like CBS's lawyers on you, which is not good. Not fun. He tried to sign with like I think it was MCA or like another record company, and then they sued them. Like they sued that other record company for taking him. There's people suing left and right in this in this documentary. It's wild. Damn. Um, sadly, uh, Brad Delk uh, took his own life in the uh, mid 2000s. Oh, bummer. I, I did not know that. that. His wife insinuated that Scholes caused the suicide. Because uh, it was yeah, it was like while they were still in the band. Oh and my all god! That. And he sued the wife for saying that. that. Yeah, that's a pretty slanderous thing to it say is. about somebody. It is. Um, but yeah, he was pretty sue crazy. Also, it's like just let it lie. Wow. Yeah. So um, R and R. What's your What's your favorite song on the record? I think foreplay into uh, yeah. into that song. Yeah. What's is peace of mind the one in C sharp minor? That's that's Boston. Yeah, that's yeah, sure is. That's like track two or three. Yeah, it's yeah that record. That's unbelievable. Throw all those songs. Go listen to it. It sounds great on vinyl. It sounds great on Spotify. Like it's 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 one of my favorite records from the seventies of all time. Damn, hands down. I will say this: the R and R T's. Is what I'm calling rock and roll true stories. Okay. Uh, R&RTs, uh, they're always great. There's a ton of them. If you get bored, like Just go to their it, YouTube it, channel. There's some like really specific ones too. They'll be like, why did the drummer of this band like have a feud with the singer? Like, so they get really specific in some of them. Love this it. was a nice overview. Um, I think if it was a real doc, I would have loved it more because I, I really want to hear more about this mm-hmm. story. I want to. I want a modern Boston doc. I've seen something. I don't remember what it was. They were supposed to come. I out I saw with something one. with him, Tom Scholz, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, he still looks great. Yeah, like, he still has the same haircut and everything. Yeah. But like, he's just like he's like kind of ripped, and he likes yeah. wearing sleeveless yep. shirts. He wears the MIT ripped T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool, man. I so if you go down the rabbit hole, there's so many interviews with him. If, if you just want to listen to his genius, like of him talking mm-hmm. about you know building his own pedals and effects building like all those rack crazy units. shit dude racks on uh, racks he goes he goes way into it there's uh there's even like a podcast i found where it's just audio of him being interviewed and i kind of skipped around dude you're you've, you've gone full bostonian this yeah week. well i couldn't find like a full doc and yeah. i wanted to like do it justice yeah. and, and kind of have more meat on the bone so um definitely just go down a little rabbit hole um of tom Scholes, man there's, i love there's it some cool but shit. so what is there a specific name for the rock and roll true story is or just boston um like how, oh, do they, how do they what do they call all those things they called it which i didn't think it was i mean i guess it's sad with the suicide but it's called the sad story of boston huh i was like well that's probably clickbait 
Honestly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's kind of how all their headlines are yeah. for that. You know, that's like part of the channel. Dude, I loved it. That was such a, um, that was such a fun trip down Boston. Yeah, lane I there. really, I again, I want to see a full doc. I think if there was a well done documentary yeah. about it, it would be an easy nine. I think because Rock and Roll True Story is so quick, and the guy talks so fast. Yeah. Uh, it's like a seven out of ten guitar okay. shaped spaceships, but maybe it'll <laughs> maybe it'll send you down the little Boston rabbit hole yeah. you think for, dude. I've got a we didn't really talk about yeah. it. Did you know? Did you? I don't know if they would have showed it, but do you happen to know what kind of bass he used to record kind of that bass? shit? Yeah, because I you know I, he's obviously always pictured with that Les Paul. I think it's a Les Paul yeah. Deluxe. Lots of Les Paul uh, guitar porn in that. And in that doc, but yeah. I can't. I have no idea what's. I think of it was bass. a Fender P. I mean, yeah. I think I, I saw some pictures of them playing live, uh-huh. and the, the bass player had a P. So. Um, but there, yeah, that's a good question. It might have been like a wacky Kramer or like one of those, you know, kind of like weird metal neck instruments. Yeah, or just like a weird, like, you know, double cut wing, like, oh, because it sounds like more of those. uh, It sounds definitely more like a, I don't want to say active, but it definitely sounds like a hotter Hmm. than a P bass tone on that record. I bet, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine since he was building those Rockman amps, they were probably also, he was probably also using those or building special bass versions. You know, everything was just tweaked to the max. So, um, again, I think it'd be really fun to just go to like down like a, a serious rabbit hole for this dude. So this is another one. Documentarians out there in the world listening. Check it out. Do it, please. Make us a Boston doc. I found an article when I was looking for a doc and it was from like some like it was like PBS or something. I was like, oh, it's a PBS doc. This is gonna be great. And it was just an article being like, we were going to we're going to release a doc soon. And the article was like four years old. Oh, and then it never I Googled the name. I tried to find it. It just never came out. Shit. Maybe it just fell apart or got stuck in turnaround. There's somewhere. no Boston doc. So people listen up, make one. Listen up to it. your buddy, Dave, yeah. and go watch some Boston stuff. Good, Good job, man. bud. Thanks. Loved man. it. Want to talk about some future gear? Yes, I do. You know what we're going to talk about first, don't you? No, I got my first real 12 string <laughs> <laughs> because sitting next to us, folks, I finally did it. I finally got myself an electric 12 string guitar. Dead or alive, man. You nailed that, by the way. It sort of works in my tuning still, so you know. So you found a cool guitar. It was on Craigslist, right? Yeah, I can't remember if I found it or you sent it to me or how these no, things. No, I think ever you, you sent it to I me, and you're like, you. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss and, a ball uh, at this guy. I got, I bought my first twelve string electric made by Eastwood mm-hmm. Guitars, folks. It is a beautiful instrument. It is a cla- it's called the Classic Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one for sale on Reverb right now. Zero for sale on Eastwood Guitars in website. White. They don't. They discontinued the white. Yeah, and I would say uh, just for the listener, it it resembles the Gretsch White Falcon to me. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's somewhere between the White Falcon aesthetically, but then kind of the three thirty five in structure. It uh, twelve strings. It's a. It's they call it. I think they just called it white. I couldn't find me, but it looks like Alpine white to mm-hmm. me, like a Gibson Alpine. Yeah, it's got the full bind like binding front. Love and back. the white binding on the white body. Yes, man. so yes. cool. Uh, on the front and back, it's got F holes, but it's still got, unlike uh, Gretsch would have been, it's uh, got a solid center block like a 335, mm-hmm. and it also has the Gibson scale length of 23 and three quarters inches, 24 and three quarters inches, which is, as everybody knows, my favorite. Yeah, didn't that I didn't take need too much getting used to. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the headstock, I've got to say, like, would I prefer a Gibson headstock? Sure. Who wouldn't? It's not unattractive, though. No, I agree. The, but I'll also say that in general, 12 string. Gibson headstocks can sometimes look a little awkward. They're big. They're big boys. Yeah. And uh, this one kind of tapers a little bit and has like a, a little fancy spans thing on the top. But I got to say, especially for the deal that I got, boy, oh boy, am I happy. Yeah. I, I, I haven't got to play it. I saw you play it. And yeah. it's, it. The action's great on it. It seemed to stay in tune, which is huge for a 12 string. Massive. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you know, last I still, thing you want to be is tuning that on stage. You or know, as you know, I, I get grossed out playing other people's strings. So I, oh, as soon as I get a new guitar, new used guitar, I always change the strings. 
I didn't have a 12 string set line yeah. around, folks. Did you get it? Is that new strings on there? No, that's still the old ah. strings because I have an I uh, speaking to my friends of uh, my friends of zones, I'm going to be placing order for a bunch <laughs> of strings. I'm also I, t- I didn't realize I have Lucy's, but I have no full sets of acoustic strings right now. So time to re up. Time to re up. But and and dude, boy, I haven't we'll talk about it in a future episode, but I don't know what to get. I was overwhelmed by the sheer amount of acoustic guitar string choices oh, out there yeah. right now so i just go for the standard uh diodario bronze i you know i've tried so many different ones over the years but that will be a future episode nice. uh but uh, because we're also gonna have to talk about 12 string strings of uh, electric 12 string 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 strings at some which point. i'm sure there's many of you know f- far fewer than you uh, would think there i think there were on zounds.com as i was looking there were three different sets and they're all essentially the same gauge which as uh my guitar tuning dictates not the best because if they're like on the lighter side yeah i would prefer heavier but you know we're talking about those string courses so yeah yeah uh, i've dave i like at first it's sort of like when you walked in you're like oh i feel like yeah 12 strings you're like you know you play some chords or whatever on it yep but i just like playing everything you were shredding it. some melodies on that thing. i love it yeah i love it i don't love chorus and it Sometimes on the top highest two has strings, a has it? I mean, it has a natural has chorus, to, yeah. and that's what chorus pedals are essentially right. doing. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, let me run an idea by you. Mm-hmm. What would you think about if I just took off the doubles of the high, the two high strings? Interesting. So it would be a ten-string guitar. <laughs> That'd be interesting, man. I think try it. You know, I've seen try it with the old strings. I, I think it was Matt P- Matt Pike from High and Fire had a signature nine-string, but it was doubles on the bottom three sets okay. and then normal on the top right. three i don't see so. why not i mean I, I will say though when you were playing it with like um in the overdrive or you mm-hmm. know or the fuzz whatever it sounded fantastic and i didn't get as much of that chorusy vibe from that like okay. once you once you That's run nice through some hear. pedals it's like it doesn't you don't get that i was getting some phantom chorus yeah yeah um hmm. It sounds, yeah, yeah, it sounds I, awesome for everything. Yeah, because those guitars are like 700, 750 bucks or something like that new. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Got dude, a good deal. And you get a good deal. I can't. I, that's, you know, the thing is like I could, the, I'll be honest, I don't love the pickups. So like pl- unplugged and just like action wise, that guitar sounds and feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Pl- plugged in, it doesn't quite have the chime or like a definition that mm-hmm. I was hoping for. So I would like to eventually change the pickups, but then it's like, am I going to invest in this guitar? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're not going to buy cheap pickups to put in it. No, that would defeat ones. the purpose. Yeah. And and also they are the size of mini humbuckers at, or like the Armin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that does limit things because obviously I love Duncan Antiquities. I want to put those in everything. You don't want to wrap it and stuff. No, that's absolutely never not an option, especially with a semi hollow. I would never, yeah. I would never futz with that. Uh, but man, I, I'm so happy with that guitar. Yeah, I, I mean, I it think, was like kind of a, I kind of, it was kind of just like a lark. Like I was like, oh, I don't know. Do I, I know. Want it? And then it was, it was a good enough deal where I was like, freak it. I'm going to do it. And, then I, was, cool. and then I tried to keep the secret from you, but then I couldn't anymore because you asked me about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, well, you sent it to me like a day before or something. I was like, yeah. hey, did you ever end up getting I that? Know. And you're like, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I was going to surprise you. Um, where, so you had to drive to the suburbs or something? No, it was uh, in uh, Roscoe Village. And then did you get to play the guitar on the spot? I did, yeah. So he brought it outside. He actually, I don't know if you can see it. There's a cardboard box yeah, in back there. That. That yeah, I've got to take to the trash, the recycling. But um, it was just in that, and it was, you know, uh, someone died, and he inherited all these things. Oh, he had a that, bunch. He had okay. a number of instruments. He was he trying to get me know. to buy some other stuff on the st- on the well, spot. What are we talking here? Nothing. The, the only interesting thing, and I say interesting loosely, for my tastes, uh, was an oud. 
There were a bunch oh, of cheap yeah. guitars uh, that I, I forgot wasn't interested he had, in, but then there was like a fancy he oud. Guitars, he also yeah. had a PA, and I might or might not be moving into a new practice space mm-hmm. soon. So that I told him if that happens, maybe I'll hit him up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he 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 could, he could tell that I knew what I was doing, and he wanted to unload some more stuff. And I was just like, I'm sorry. And was else. he not a musician? You Definitely think? not. Okay, I so no you, idea. And, I mean, man, I, it's you know. I don't want to say take advantage of, but like if you want a PA, mm-hmm. the best person to buy it from is somebody who doesn't want it. You're hundred percent right. Cause they're big and unwieldy and what you yes. do with them. But also he specifically said, he's like, I will give you a good deal because let's be honest, folks. I tossed a ball at him yeah. and he swatted it back at me. And then I swatted it back again and playing a little ball tennis and he took my last offer. So, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he wanted, he, you're like, to your point, there are still some motivated sellers out there that yeah. are interested in, in moving some, some product. Yeah. Um, I fucking love it. I'm I mean, so it's, as far as the pickups go, I would leave it just because it's so like it's it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of its own character. I think you could always you could always upgrade to like a three thirty five twelve or something like that if you wanted. But uh, yeah. I think that is uh, I think that'll do the job for now. I love it, man. I'm so happy, and it's nice to have another semi semi hollow around. You know, you sounded ripping playing on it, man. Thank it you. was very cool. Like it's just I love I love the sound, man. I love having. Well, Dude, it's, it's like a was, vibe because it's it like it instantly to your, your original point before we we're on the mics. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you just want to play birds licks and yeah, you know, right. bear, 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 yep. you know, and just like stuff like that. But um, it's really cool to then filter that through modern the the stuff that I like to play, but then mm-hmm. also just like the tones that I like to use. But it's still you still get that kind of like '60s psychedelic you vibe, no matter what. Which I, very I just really sounding, like it. Yeah, yeah. Like it. yeah. Even if you're shredding, which you can kind of shred on that, which is very surprising mm-hmm. to me. You're, yeah, you're, not, you're not bending. Great. You're not bending strings. Obviously, no. if you're bending two strings. No, but you can play up on those high on those high guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, that's that's what's funny is like you think of those old licks, and a lot of them are just cowboy chords with like different picking. You know arrangements and right. stuff like that so yeah. it's neat to go up and be like rah, 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 you know i didn't really take any notes let's just see what i say um yep still fucking hate chorus uh <laughs> this uh, two more things i'll say that yeah. this was the idea or i guess they're related the idea behind this was that this was going to be the holdover until i get my fancy fancy custom made tall string guitar right like that we've sort of talked about in a little bit on the show mm-hmm. it still isn't here so this was kind of like well i got this opportunity i want a 12 let's see what happens it's gonna be hard for me to give this guitar up, and I didn't think that I would say that about. And, and this is where my total arrogance and and gear budsiness comes out. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be saying that about a, an overseas guitar, right? You know, at this point in my life and this point in my collection, like I only I have a lot of guitars, but they're almost all vintage keepers or yeah. or extremely sentimental to me. This is neither of those things, mm-hmm. but boy, it's freaking good. It does it's a job. great guitar. And it's it's cool to know, I mean it is a, a keeper in in the sense that it's cool to know that there's not like a lot of those out there right now. Like if you went on online right now, you wouldn't find yeah. a brand new one or you wouldn't I, find one on I Reaver. found I I trolled through the sold listings mm. of this guitar in this finish and I got the price that I paid was the the price of the cheapest that they had ever wanted ever sold for wow. on reverb. So, and you know, who knows how long ago that was. Right. Yeah. So I, I felt, I feel very good about the deal, but beyond that, man, honestly, like I just think it's a great guitar. I w- aesthetically love it. I don't love the inlays as much. Mm, yeah. They're kind of like these sideways shark, shark fins, fins. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's a, that's a certain thing that I'm sure. Some I didn't even really like. notice them until we just sat down and like started mm-hmm. talking earlier. Yeah. Um, but when you were playing it, I didn't even, I it's also missing attention. the pick guard. So I'm going to have to see if any oh. of the random pick guards that I have uh, That'd be kind of fun. lying around fit or stingray. 
okay, time for us to see and see some stuff. It looks cool. I mean, it actually looks cool with that one too. Yeah, I saw some pictures with it, and it's it's a nice gold pick card, and it is. Oh, it's kind of tie the room together that a little would, bit. Yeah, that would tie things together. Very nice, man. <sighs> so thanks for and, letting and, me and guess about well, that. Well, no, I'm I'm happy you got it. And yeah. honestly, if if you write a new song out of it or something, I mean, that was totally worth it. I've already got a couple nice. couple in the hopper, and I told you. Oh, here's a little fun tip for anybody. Yeah, I if like you this. have a hard time remembering your songs. Uh, record them because I if I don't when I'm writing stuff if I don't record it right away I lose it but beyond that take a little video yeah because then you get to see how ugly you are but also you can remember if you're like me uh, and you play stuff in weird positions and in weird tuning then you can just see what you're doing that's a great tip though instant because I I record all the time if I get a lick on just voice memos and then I go then I spend you know five minutes trying to figure out where the hell and then you lose the vibe yes you do sir but if you got a video then you can be like oh man look how sexy I am yeah look at my hair that day (laughs) nice find man time to take a bath yeah thanks I agree it didn't come with a case I mean I haven't actually tried to see if it fits in anything that I have yet that could be a potential I bet that would fit in your mono wouldn't it I don't know my mom my you know, I've got the double mono here. The single mono is still with Stingray because he still has my freaking Aria for oh, like however shoot. many months now. <laughs> How dare him be so busy. All right. Let's talk about some more gear. That's cool. enough me gas. But folks, again, just go get yourself a 12-string. Uh, hell hath frozen over, my friend. Okay. Because Universal Audio, uh, we know that it's April Fool's. This is not an April Fool's joke. Universal Audio announced what Spark is if okay. you'll remember we, we talked spent last week a quite a bit of time uh prognosticating about potentially what it might be and we're either now we know right? what it is <laughs> i might have been right okay it is a native native version of universal audio plugins that wow. you can get without universal audio hardware oh let that sink in for a second folks you can use right now you can go and download Universal Audio plugins without having a Universal Audio interface or wow. satellite, which since the inception of their interface and plugin division, that has not been the case. Yeah. Do they give you a better deal if you have the hardware or anything like that? So check it out. There's a bunch of stuff. I'm okay. just going to dive on in here. Hit me. Uh, again, have to repeat. Ain't fuffa fooling. This yeah. is real. Uh, sound the alarms. <laughs> so uh, it is a subscription platform. You pay $20 a month and you get VST, AU, or AAX versions of a bunch of the plugins. Uh, initially, it's Mac only, so sorry, Windows people, until they're saying later this year, maybe fall. Uh, it is an evolving platform. It'll cost you 20 bucks a month. Uh, there are more taxes outside the US. You can try before you buy with a 14 day trial. So, any, like any of you right now should go and listen, listen, go and download. I am. You have to go get it's called UA Connect uh, is a software that they use to sort of make it all happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get a 14 day free trial. However, if you own to your previous point, if you own one of their new Volt interfaces, yes. you get a free month. Oh, cool. So that's even better. You get more time. Uh, it's also worth noting that if you're a, a UAD hardware owner such as myself and I've already purchased a license for one of the plugins that is now part of this platform, the Spark platform, I should be clear. The entire UA catalog is not yet on Spark. Uh, in terms of their plugins, mm-hmm. it's uh, much more limited than that. But if you have already purchased a license for any of those, get the native version for free, no subscription required. Damn, dude. Yeah. So I already downloaded it. I've because I 
Universal Audio is kind enough to have provided me free access to all of their plugins, which cool. you know yeah. I've bragged about before. But before that happened, I spent thousands of dollars on their plugins, and right. I already have half, like half of what you can get on Spark right now. I've already bought, so that means I now get those native without having to use any of my Universal Audio resources and the DSP built into the hardware. Right. I can run that shit right on my PC now. Do you think this is going to be a big upgrade for people who don't use Universal Audio? Like, they do they have like the best plugins in your opinion? I wouldn't say that they're the best always. I would say that everything that they make is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I am obsessed with them because I'm so bought into the into the system, but also, you know, who am I? You talk to anybody who has spent years working in studios, they all use UA yeah, plugins, course, you know course. what I mean? So it's it, it's they're just you know, 95% as cool as a real Poltec or yep. whatever. So oh, yeah. um, what's included at launch, Spark users get the following classic plugins. And it's mostly, um, they also have like collections. This is one other thing to, to mention. These You can't do any of the cool stuff that you could with the hardware before where you like record through the plugins and shit. Mm. Like that will, if you try to do it with these plugins, it's still going to introduce so latency a, a just like it always would. Yeah. So these are mixing tools, okay. like, just like most plugins. Yeah, Universal cool Audio is kind of its own yeah. ecosystem where you can track through them. Sure. Most other don't offer that. Again, this is these, this is for mixing, but what do you get? You can get the Neve 10, 1073 preamp and EQ channel strip, API Vision, the UA 1176 limiter collection, which is one of the ones that I have, the uh, LA2A Teltronics collection. Uh, let's see, the Lexicon 224 Reverb, which I own, and I'm super stoked about being able to use that on my PC directly because that eats up a ton of DSP. Good point, yeah. Uh, the Studer A800 tape recorder, API 2500 bus compressor, Galaxy Tape Echo, and Pure Plate Reverb have those two. And so I'll, I'll add also... Um, functionally and sonically the same i think that the some of the interfaces might look a little different for this platform i can't say for sure yet because i haven't seen everything but um the the the, they've assured the world that they're using the same algorithms as their quote-unquote powered right uad that is the question right Mm -hmm. are they any different but yeah it sounds sounds like it'll be consistent we'll also see i mean i don't know like i said that 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 reverb does eat up a lot of resources so theoretically it's still wood on your computer too so i don't know how that's all gonna work yeah we didn't mention one more thing though that's not it that's not all that's not all there are four instruments as well so right now in luna you know the recording platform they have the moog mini moog model d and they have the ravel grand piano which are both super sick oh that's crazy those are included shit also two brand new synthesizers the opal morphing synth which i guess is this like crazy wavetable analog synth that people are freaking out about because it's mm-hmm. a really original design that no one's seen before. And then also uh, the Waterfall, which is their em- exacting emulation of the Hammond B3. The oh, organ. cool. Again, um, the, but they will also be available separately for purchase, but they are part of this whole spark. But you can get them well. if you don't use so 20 yeah, bucks a month that's uh, awesome. subscription. So that's really huge, man. Yeah. We were just talking about. Uh, I was with I was with the boys last night with the Bloods. Yeah, and we were talking about recording, and you know we're kind of demoing some I, stuff I, in our Jay, space. Jay texted me. We've been texting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. he mentioned that, and you know, and we're just looking for like some ideas. Like we don't know if we want to just get these you know general waveform files like just like recorded in our space comfortably with good energy, and then try to have someone mix them, or do we want to start downloading plugins to like test ourselves? So I mean, this is a good first step for us because I don't use UA. Now you do, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more than happy Spark. to like, load this up, dude. That's we, so this cool. Is, I feel like when we were talking about this last week or however many weeks ago yeah. it was, this we were sort of like 
this was the well that'll never happen but wouldn't that be so cool yeah. if it, that's what it was and it, our minds. And, and it turns out <laughs> that they finally did the native thing they did the thing that no i love it man and do. again it's it's just it's this thing that's going to bring more people into their family and you know i think you're going to have people using their plugins and then maybe maybe go buy a product after that you know or actual hardware Dude, it's a really interesting play because i don't yeah historically that you know they've They've sold the interfaces and the hardware, which have always been great, right. but also that was the only way you would buy that, yeah. to use the plugins. Yep. Because with the, either that, the, the interfaces or the satellites, right. you had to own Universal Audio stuff. Now you don't. And it, they incentivize great. it. And I, I think it's great too. I mean, I guess they would, I, I would imagine that they've done enough market analysis to understand what they, the impact of this might be. Because, mm-hmm. you know, my worry is I hope that it doesn't dilute the product too yes. much and then they have to start only focusing on the shitty, cheap stuff and then eventually they go under. But I don't think so. I mean, they've got no, such a strong base. They that, do, yeah, they seem to me like just a top tier company with that kind of stuff. So Whew, lots of gear got, to them, man. man this is, this is a hot episode right here. We've got two more pieces of gear to talk All about, right. Dave, that I don't know if you've seen yet. Uh, Maybe. Chase Bliss put out a new pedal. Did you Solid. see that? Yeah. What did you think? It's well, called, it's, for, before you get too far, it's called yes. the Habit. Yes. It could it could form a habit. I, I assume is that why. So it's I didn't listen that? to the demo. Of okay, it. but what did you? What what is your? What class? I noticed what do you think was it is? well, the headline I saw was it's their first pedal in two years or something like that that they released. Mm, I didn't see yeah, that. That was that because well, I, I got the, I like, the oh. Bliss Factory, which is their collaboration with. Uh, Zvax. Maybe I read it wrong, but I think it might have been maybe the first that wasn't a collaboration that they've released in a long time. Yeah, their first just chase. Yeah. So then it right away. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what? Because the last one I can think of was there was that blooper and there was the like that other sort of granular delay like pink oh mood. Oh yeah, that was a lot, that's the last one I can think of. Yeah, and uh, that was definitely yeah over two years ago. They make some rad shit. So Damn. what is what is this one? Chase Bliss Habit is an inventive new looper and delay pedal. So it's got this weird onboard memory thing where it's kind of always listening to what you're doing, but then you can use it sort of as just like a straight up kind of looper repeater sort of deal, but it'll also do, it'll pull these like snippets of your playing from the last few minutes and like bring those in and out in a glitchy sort of way. That's cool. Um, It seems like one of those pedals where... A, you've got to kind of write with it, or B, because it has a blend, you you know you're going to be like still hearing a lot of your own playing guitar signal, but then you have like a little bit of that blended in. Mm-hmm. Like all Chase Bliss pedals, it has like six knobs and a whole bunch of switches, and then <laughs> yeah. all the mini dip switches on the back. So uh, who the fuck? If you're knows a tweaker, you love that do. kind of shit. Yeah, for um, sure. But uh, there are it's. Uh, it's almost like that infinite jets that hologram electronics pedal that i got where it's just sort of like you have to really spend a lot of time with it i get the feeling it's going to be like that too maybe that's why they're calling it the habit because you're going to spend some time with yeah, it yeah yeah but it, it good name i'm always stoked when someone puts something out that i don't understand because mm-hmm. you want to figure definitely it out don't yeah understand this and it's just new it's i i love the novelty i love the idea that <clears throat> we haven't reached the end of the gear buds episode lane and there's still new frontiers we're not still just always recycling fucking well, we, tube screen yeah we've talked stuff. about that where it's like how many more uh, ideas can people really come out with but this sounds like a pretty fresh one so yeah and chase bliss is constantly doing that yeah. they call it a musical sketch pad at its simplest the habit is an experimental delay that can be up to a minute long and at its extreme it's a self-contained song made up of chance encounters they also know how to sell their product. I was going to say that's some good marketing right, right there, man. Well and written. and they and I think the other thing that they've really tried to get across, which I makes me want to play it too, is that again with that like that hologram electronics pedal, there are a lot of these sort of granular sampler pedals that 
it can be easy to make them sound not musical. Mm -hmm. And I think that with this one, they've kind of tried to address that where it's like those other pedals, you can always get to just some like truly mind blowing crazy sounds, but it doesn't necessarily start that way. It's not super fun and like to like start building or understanding to figure it out. Yeah. And with this, it sounds like it's a much more unobtrusive process. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I haven't played it yet, but they just released a demo, which I did watch. And it was Andy, our boy, Andy from reverb. Oh, nice. He's great. And, uh, he even seemed kind of flummoxed by like, (laughs) what the fuck are you supposed to do? He only gave me like an hour to test this thing out before the video. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we're going, we're in like a real delay, like, month right now or something there's a lot of delays You're going right on. dude yeah there were all those the roland the uh, space echoes space and echoes. the freaking dl4 yeah. mark ii which yeah. i saw we we mentioned him on the show reggie watts i saw him post an instagram holding nice. the new one of course he got yeah. yeah yeah the master himself uh which i mean i still i still got i'm sure there's still pre-order but like yeah. i just gotta get just gonna buy one just get one uh so we can play with it and um yeah you're right dude yeah i feel like there are other ones too every week there's been it's just been like delay town and it's it's not and i you know i do love delay pedals but it's not like i'm just picking and choosing that just so happens to be what's come out i know so it's great one more piece of gear that i want to talk about because it's actually from a company uh that i used to own a piece of their gear and i feel like that they're kind of starting to finally address some of the reasons why i sold that piece of gear Mm. and that company is roly R-O-L-I. If you're not familiar, Roly makes, I would call them maybe experimental, but they're, they're, they mostly make really interesting input devices for MIDI. So okay. they make, I think they're most famous for making the Roly Seaboard, mm-hmm. which it looks like a keyboard and you, you know, the Jordan Rudis's of the world and stuff play them. And it has these, like, I think they call them ridges. I've got some stuff right now about it, but, um, you know, it's like where the keys would normally be on a piano, except they're not separate keys. And it's this interface, this sort of like spongy interface where you like really? push in and it has what's called MPE. Uh, don't remember multi something expression where basically instead of just like, you know, there are some MIDI controllers where you play the note and it can be velocity sensitive. Right. And then you can even do aftertouch and like press it and, it'll, and that'll bring in a different sound. The way that they're, these are constructed is that you can then, for instance, say you're playing uh, a keyboard and uh, when you play toward like just a standard piano sound, but when you play on the keys towards the bottom of the key, it's a darker sound, but the higher you get up the key towards the top of the key bed, it's a brighter sound. That's, you know, cool. that's just one example. Yeah, or yeah. Like, and so there's that, that angle of it works sensitivity, vertically and but it just, also yeah. goes horizontally yeah. so you can slide between notes as well so and there you said it's like more like a pad they're not separate it's kind keys. of spongy yeah it's yeah. interesting yeah That's so very strange, my problem actually. that i had with it and so they they also made a number of other things i had their um they're like it's basically like midi drum pads mm-hmm. and then there it's kind of this really interesting modular system that like with like magnetic snap-ons and i had this other one that had other buttons on it but on the on the pad one there was like because of because they're trying to make it so that you can slide around and do all that stuff. There were no separations, So it was hard to know, like if you want to use just like 16 drum pads, it's hard to know without looking and like without just feeling what you're playing. Okay. Yeah. This is all to say that now I feel like they've actually really finally addressed that specifically with these keyboards in this new product that they just put out, which is called the Seaboard rise Two. Okay. So, um, Back, it turns out back in 2013, the first one came out, which, God, I can't believe it was that long ago. <laughs> uh, it was an 88 key, which is a lot. That's massive. And then they released uh, the smaller, more affordable Seaboard Rise um, that I think maybe was f- 
61 keys. I can't remember exactly. They've also had a 25 key version, but this one they're only now selling. Apparently that was the one that did the best. It's a 49 key edition uh, for the SeaWorld Rise 2. There's no other sizes. Um, it's 1399. Okay. So it's in the middle of like the higher end range of yeah. the prices. But the, I said that they addressed the issue and, and that is through something called KeyWave 2, they're calling, uh, which they've added quote unquote precision frets. So it's a freaking MIDI controller with right. frets trying to get the guitarists involved. Because they don't want to go down like the actual keys. They can't really road, with right. that sort of thing. Right. So uh, they basically say that instead of uh, the way before where you kind of like, you're almost sort of guessing, guessing with these yeah. frets, you can almost sort of have something to catch on to a little bit. Um, they've tested it with a bunch of keyboardists, according to them, and they uh, are all reporting that it's much more precise yeah. and intuitive. Which that makes perfect for sense. For the yeah. issues before. Yeah. Uh, so you, even if you are quote unquote traditional synthesis or keyboard player, sure. you can kind of come to grips your... with this. I think I might be able to play this a little more easily than yeah. I was able to before. Yeah, I love that. Um, it comes in, like I said, the four octave 49 key version. Uh, it, it It is surprising to me that they don't have a 25 key version of this. because they Those they, are really popular. They were super popular, yeah. but I guess they're saying that the 49 key was much more popular for them, so that's what, just what they're selling. The, the full, uh, yeah. I think they also might have updated the construction a little bit. It was it was a pretty solid thing before, but they said they've made it a little more solid, and now it comes in a, a dark blue instead of Ooh, black, that's nice. which is kind of nice. I like that. Yeah, I haven't been excited about a MIDI controller yeah. in it, but this one well, seems pretty nice. I mean, nice, you've got man. the ultimate. I've know. got the Nord behind yeah. me. I've got the Ableton Push 2. What else does mm -hmm. a man need? Turns out it might be a might rolling be seaboard rise, too, yeah. because I do like what they're doing. They also It also comes bundled with really excellent software that takes advantage of all that, like, breaking my chairs it, it just pops out sometimes <laughs> you know takes advantage of the uh all that like uh, 5d sort of control that you have because yeah. not of course not every synth synthesizer or, or anything that you're going to be controlling is going to be able to handle that yeah. kind of expression input but they actually bond they say you can buy it separately too but they bundle some pretty cool that's nice so that's it. worth some of the extra money that you're paying then i think so it's an expensive piece 1399 is not cheap for something yeah. that doesn't inherently make sounds on its own yes i was going to say like if it had if it had some kind of built-in you know sounds and stuff it'd be it, cool. like i said but you're it does but you've got to be connected to a computer at all times yes, anyways which that's what i mean i i don't ever play keyboard that isn't i own a freaking piano and it's covered in stuff in the other room so <laughs> i play table. i play the stuff that yeah. is connected to my computer anyway so it yeah. probably wouldn't be that big of a deal for me personally that's i could cool. see it being a bummer though that's pretty cool man um I like this idea. I guess I, I guess I've never seen one. So I'm next time like we find ourselves in a in like a guitar center or something with all the keyboards. Yeah, set when up. we go to guitar center, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll just blare on some rolly. I I want. You know what? I have to wonder. Does does guitars? Can we confirm? Does guitar center still exist? Yeah, it must. Right. I feel like we would have heard. They definitely had know? an online because I visit their online. Dude, once in a you while. one of these days. Yeah. Where I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Mandy, be like, let me have Dave for a couple hours. Yeah. We're gonna go to Guitar Center. And just I just want to see. I just want to know. Yeah. I have no I, I have no idea what to expect walking into we a should. Guitar Center right now. Go to the one on Halstead right there, and then to probably cleanse our palate a little bit, just go a little bit further north and hit up the CME. Yeah, that's what we'll have to do. My friend, that brings us to the end of this outline, which means it brings us to the end of the episode. How do you feel? That was a fast one. That was a fast one, right? It felt good, though. I feel good. I feel like we're going to have some good artwork for uh, for the episode. Oh, now we've got a new piece to display. I didn't even think of that yet. Yeah. Oh. I, was like, I was like, what's the artwork going to be? Oh, yeah, duh. Glamour shot of that guitar. Yeah, which I'm, I'm excited for which, that. You know, as, we're, as long as we're talking about it, mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about some artwork recently. I don't remember what we are talking about, but I just want the world to know that every time I take that stupid episode image that we post on Instagram and comes up with Spotify, 
why I stress out so hard about that. Really? Like, I don't know you why. You did a good job, man. I appreciate you saying that, but every time I'm like, ever, I'm worried that I forgot how to photograph things. I'm like, oh no, what is it going to be? How am I going to do it? And right. then of course I get it. And sometimes you know? it's trickier, like if we don't have a new item to take a picture of, you know. Yeah. This, or is, a little, if this is a little inside baseball. Or, yeah, because listening. then I also take that picture at like 6 a.m., 6.30 right. a.m. So it's like usually the sun's not out oh, yet, yeah. if at all. So I'm using like lighting. artificial lighting and stuff. I'm like, oh, what and am I going to do? I think we were talking about this. It's hard to take a picture of a guitar. Dude, it's hard to it, take if, a picture Especially if you want to get like the whole thing in there and it's, you know. Especially with backgrounds because the guitars have a lot going on. A lot of curves, a lot mm-hmm. of angles. Less lot is of, more kind lot of. of. So yeah, if you can put that on a plain background, that's always the best move. Yeah. Especially if you can get that sweet bokeh blare, yep. blurry deal and uh, get a little portrait mode on your phone is how I get it. Yeah. Uh, that helps a lot. But sometimes it doesn't like the, it like freaks out about the tuners it's that's not pretty, smart enough pretty fun stuff though i mean maybe some people don't know that you take the picture every week yeah. there have been a couple that you've done and then you know we've used yeah some, like, I've, I've done a couple some yeah. press photos but yeah that is uh that's a little you said it. if you make it to the end of these episodes now you know <laughs> now you that know those photos are coming from my We're freaking iphone quiz every you week. next week which one is it gonna be i love it i love you too buddy. i love you too buddy wow so thanks for doing this show with me i love you i love you for listening to this and if you did make it to the end of this episode and you've, and you've made it this far go make some music do it